I just recorded a webinar the other day. You know, it was so bad. And I spent three days on this thing, like writing it, rewriting it. And I recorded it like 10 times. And finally, I sent the last copy of my assistant. I was like, you know what? Version one is better than version none. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss. Very excited to be here today with Charlie Wessel, Cordell Capital. How you doing, my friends? Doing great, man. Doing great. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. My pleasure. It's uh, it's always great to have people in the real estate investing space. Hey, wait a second. That's every episode. So it's great to always be on this podcast and good to have great people like yourself. So I appreciate you taking the time. People ask me all the time, maybe not all the time, but I've been asked several times, how do you find the guests for your podcasts? And a really interesting thing because Anyone who's listening to this that is also a podcast host knows that you get about at least five to 10 random cold emails a day by podcast promoting companies saying, I think you should have on your podcast. And that's really great for people really looking for guests. But I try to choose those people who I like and admire and are in the real estate space and oftentimes people who I work with. So I appreciate, Charlie, you coming on the show and sharing a little bit about your background. You know, yeah, for sure. I'm with Cordell Capital. We're based out of here in Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. And yeah, it's me and my assistant right now. We raise capital for other sponsors. And so basically we're in the, we're in the investor relations business. And it's a lot of fun. I get to go have fun with, I'm playing in golf like four times in the next five. (laughs) That's awesome. It's good when you can find something that you enjoy doing and simultaneously you're helping people along the way. And so if you, that's really, that's kind of my, my perspective on life and, and business as well. Yeah, I totally look at this as helping these people out with opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise, have access to. So I enjoy it. I, I, I love it. I look at what we do as a blessing to them. They're blessed to us. It's, it's just good stuff. How did you get involved in the real estate space? I mean, what were you doing? I'm curious to know what you were doing beforehand and what led you to uh, the real estate investing space. Everyone has a unique story. I was a general contractor and I owned a general contractor firm for about 12 years. And it's just, yeah, God bless a land, but you're dealing with crayon eaters day in and day out. It's just subcontractors. It was a mess. So anyway, we grew to a pretty successful business and then I, I sold it, uh, I sold it about five years, but it, we had like 10 employees and slew of subcontractors and I had little kids at home and I still, I had twin eight-year-old girls and a 12-year-old son. Now. I was just missing out on so much of their life and working weekends and nights and buildings because people had to be there during the day and I'm just running the jobs, but I still had to be there. I had to be there a lot. Anyway, I just really wanted to get my time back. And we had some rental houses and that was a nightmare, just a disaster. We had, went through a bunch of different property management companies and it just never really got easy. Not that I'm looking for an easy way out, man, but 
you know, I already have a day job. I'm working my honey off. I need something a little bit easier to bring in some additional income and investments. Yeah, I sold that business, talked to a buddy of mine that was a commercial broker. He had an office building for sale for 20 million bucks. And I went to him and I said, how can I buy that building? I said, I can't even scratch the surface of $20 million. But how can I buy that building, fill it up with tenants, and make money? And he told me, he said, man, buildings like that are owned by guys like you every day. He said, guys go out and they get their buddies. Y'all pull your money together, raise a little bit of capital from people, and go buy it. He said, hopefully it cash flows. <laughs> hopefully he's making some money on it. There's many different ways to make money on, on real estate, but yeah, the cash flow is a huge benefit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It seemed like when you got started, it was daunting, but at the same time, you jumped in full force. Oh, I did. Yeah, I started off with Michael Blanc's course, and I just wanted to get all the information that I could to just dive in. And I, I really did. I studied this for a year and a half before I got really involved. I was going to all these different conferences, studying different people's courses. Had I gotten a mentor early on, I probably would have gotten started a whole lot earlier, but I didn't. I thought they were very expensive. Now I know it cost me a lot more money not having one. It's very incredible that you say that. I've heard a lot of people say that, kind of that having the mentor really accelerated their growth. Was it was it a mentor that, because it sounded like you were ready, but you just didn't have the right, have someone pushing you and someone guiding you in the right direction to make those right decisions. Like how, how did you go about finding the mentor in the first place? You mentioned you came to Michael Blanc and you found these different podcasts and everything that was out there, but was it someone that you knew that was also involved in one of these masterminds or mentorships or you just searched it out on your own? It was, yeah. It ended up being somebody that I had met at one of the conferences. Because the first conference I went to was Michael Block's conference. And that was in like 2016, maybe, or beginning of 2017. And they had this uh, mentorship program that was like six grand. And I was like, oh, man, 6,000 bucks? I'd had mentors in the past, but not like a paid mentor. It's more of one of my dad's buddies or something like that. It was successful in business. I'd go. Me with him for lunch every once in a while. Right. So I went back. He had another one like four months later or something. So I went back and I'd set aside six grand and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be on a diver. Four months later, and it might have even been like six months later. Four to six months later, it went to $20,000. And I was like, you guys lost your money. I was going to say $6,000 seems pretty cheap from what, I've, from what I've heard in these mentorship programs, but it makes sense that they... Uh, they must have been 2016, you know? Right. I think a long time ago, it was like a flash of the pan ago. Really. For sure. Yeah. But he was still early on in his, uh, in his base <laughs> model. And I guess he caught wind and raised in price. So I didn't even pull the trigger. And I left there and I was just like angry. I was angry about it. But I paid so much more than that now. <laughs> that makes us a lot of money yeah it makes us a lot more money right and i just hadn't invested like that into education or something before i've never done what's funny is that a lot of us have no problem or at least many of us have no problem like spending thousands or tens of thousand dollars on on a college education and to be honest that didn't really get me too much whatsoever 
And when you have something that is so much more, you know, condensed down and focused, you're definitely, if you make the right, if you put in the effort, you will succeed. So it's not, so it's really, it's more of a conditioning than anything else. We have no problem like spending, you know, that $10,000 on a vacation or something for a whole family. But right. when it's like something that will actually accelerate your career and 10X your growth, we're like, uh, humming and hawing, should I do it? Should I not? Yeah. I think that's why you need the mentor is in order to help you make those decisions and show you that, hey, this is what you're actually comparing this to. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. I needed a mentor at that point in time. Yeah. Like I said, I just left there angry. I was like, but it took me probably another six months after that to realize what I'm doing. It's just spinning my wheels and get ready. So I'm really curious to know, because obviously the main focus that you, you are involved in and you're partnering with other people as well on your deals. One of the main things you're involved with is in actual investor relations and raising capital, even though your background is in construction. So I would think you would be more involved on actually the construction management side of projects. Do you find yourself involved in both aspects of the deals or, or which one? I did, especially when sponsors found out that I was a general contractor and they left me to fly in there at the due diligence and take a look around. But I'd be honest with you, man, I, I really, I steer away. I still own a, a roofing company. Because when I sold that, that general contracting firm, I was like, well, I had to do something, you know? And uh, I can't just sit here, play golf, and play with my kids all day. I, I started a roofing company. And then several years ago, I, I hired a guy that has been, it's very successful trying that sporting. So we, he's come in, he's done great. It's almost passive income. I'm gonna probably put about five to 10% of my day in or my week into it. Just checking reports and everything. But yeah, I try to stay on the, on the investor relations side of it as much as possible. And give me a couple of tips in terms of what you're doing with investor relations, because everyone out there, I think anyone listening to this can probably gain some valuable lessons or, or tips or stories that, that maybe or maybe you've come across in the years that you've been wealthing capital and dealing with investors. What are some of those tips that, that you like to focus how to relate to people? When projections are hit, they're hit, it's easy. But when they're not hit, it can really suck really bad, really fast. So <laughs> we, we had one that just really tanked, man. And it was, we closed on it in February of what, 2020. And in March of 2020, everything shut down because of COVID. Mm -hmm. It was like all the tenants got together and they were like, yeah, we're just all going to put in hay. And blew us away. So we didn't even make a distribution for a year and a half on that property. And I've always heard the phrase, bad news, ducks and angels. So I made sure that. Every time we had a, a general partner call once a month on the place that I would then pick up the phone and call the investors that I had in that and say, Hey, look, we're going to send you an email recap, but I really want to call in and just let you know what's going on and just run through everything. And I had several of those investors invest in other opportunities that we had had. Even while they weren't getting a, a return on. Even though, yeah, from the hat deal. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the transparency, I think that's a huge lesson there. Just being straight, straightforward, open, honest. I think also in a, such an extenuating circumstance like what happened in COVID, that happened to a lot of people. So it wasn't like any fault of your own. 
it wasn't due to any negligence or anything like that. Whereas you might have other sponsors or other deals that go south because of negligence or because of the over-projecting, underwriting, and things like that. But when you have something that happened that was totally out of your control, I don't think there's the, the best thing that you can do is literally to just be open, transparent, honest, and make sure that everyone understands what you're going through as well as them because they're they're part of your they're part of your team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I'll the sponsors of that particular deal, they had 12 other products and all of them were just shutting mm-hmm. right away. They were doing fine. This one property was just, oh man, it was tough. But actually we just put it under contract two weeks ago. And so in just over two years, we'll one and a half everybody's well. Even though there wasn't necessarily cash flow or distributions during that time period, you're still going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to make a lot of money. That's what I, I love to see that. I mean, That's guy, so I had a call with one of them a week ago and let them know, fill them in on what was going on. It was like a high five moment. It was great. Love that. That's awesome. It's good when you can, when you kind of show show other investors as well. And the fact that they're reinvesting with you, again, I think it has more to do with the person than the the deal itself. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you've actually done the call setting on several deals that we've raised capital. There you go. So it's a good deal for everyone all around. <laughs> Amazing. It's fun to see when when people get the the cost irrigation, because especially when you have newer sponsors or people that had never done it before, and they're just like, this seems like too good to be true. Heard about this, but wait a second. Am I really going to be getting this huge tax loss that I won't even have to pay any tax liability? To me, it's just, it, it's people were blown away by that. And I love seeing that one, especially when young investors or people who are just, just getting started do it for the first time. It's one of my colleagues said, a client of his called it a bad analogy, but he said it was like a drug or like alcohol. Someone who's addicted is like, I'm addicted to cost segregation. Like I, I just got to get another deal so I can get the losses. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I know a call say guy here in town, here in Charleston. And he actually has invested in deals that you go to call say. <laughs> He actually came to me when I first went on one of our first properties. And I don't even think I knew who you were at the time. And he, this was years ago. And I said, hey, we're, we're, I knew him for playing golf. And I was like, would you like to do the cost segregation report on it or give us a quote on it? And he was like, absolutely. I was like, would you like to invest in the deal? And he was like, you know what, man? He said, I, I've been doing this for a long time. He said, I've never had anybody ask me to invest in the deal. And I was like, really? Really? He said, no, I've never had anybody ask. He said, sure. He's invested in like every single one of our deals. That's amazing. Yeah. And he doesn't even do the call seg on <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's a great story. What's funny is I've had some, a really great guy, actually a guest on my podcast, the opposite story. Really good guy. We've had a great rapport, great relationship. I did a, a big webinar for his group one time and I'm like, hey, what about maybe doing cost second? And the guy owns probably about five, 600 million in assets. And he's sorry, like one of my, one of my investor owns a cost company. And so he does it all, <laughs> like he does it really cheap. And we, he puts money in every single one of my deals. He's like, if you start putting $100,000 in my deal, like I'll give you the cost and use him. <laughs> like I'll figure out, I'll figure out other ways to invest. 
Yeah. 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 I mean, he never held that over my eye. The first deal that we did that wasn't doing the call center, I'm pretty certain I was doing it. And um, I was like, I was like, they've already been working with this group. And he was like, that's fine. I don't care. He said, yeah, I'm investing to grow my money. Exactly. And a smart person, that's what, what's incredible is I would think people would have asked him before. I've definitely been, I've been hit up and I'm on like everyone's mailing list also, but I've definitely, people ask me all the time and my, I've definitely invested in a, in a bunch of deals, but my kind of, I like to pick and choose very carefully who I'm going to put the money with. And uh, I prefer to. Like everyone, you want to make sure that it's it's people that you know, and even if you have limited resources, you want to make sure that it's it's the best deal possible. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's awesome. So you do a lot of golfing. It sounds like that's one thing you enjoy. I do. Yeah, I live like six doors down from the clubhouse at Stone Ferry. So yeah, I, I get out there quite a bit. Sounds like it. <laughs> and I'm sure you meet a lot of people that way. Have you found a lot of people through the golfing that have invested? I have, and I have, I have, I have guys that I play with that still know me as the construction guy. And they're like, what do you mean buy an apartment complex? So I've had this talk with them a ton and, and so, some of my friends from the, of course, do, do invest with us, but it's almost, it's a bigger group that does really. And I tell you what, it's a small group that does, but you don't know what everybody's personal situation is. Right. You know, I of course. Dive into that old golf course with these guys, but I, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep plugging along. And if I keep putting in the work, keep getting out there, keep sending out the message, it'll come around. You know, yeah. Do you ever do any uh, like group meetups or in person uh, events or anything, anything like that? I don't. I need to. I, I tell you, I'm, I just recorded a webinar the other day you know, that was all me by myself to put out, to send out to hopefully new investors. It was so bad. And I spent three days on this thing, like writing it, rewriting it. And it was already written when I got it. And I rewrote it. <laughs> I changed it all. I recorded it like, 10 times, it's only like a 15 minute presentation. And finally, I sent the last copy of my, my assistant. I was like, just use, just use. I was like, you know what? Version one is better than version nine. <laughs> and version 10, even more. Yeah. So wow. I, I just, I'm, I'm very personal, you know, small setting. Mm-hmm. I can really connect to people. Yeah. It's how the big setting comes about. I just locked up. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I'm you know working on getting over. Yeah, I would think that would maybe obviously everyone has different skill sets, but I would think that would be a great idea for an opportunity to put yourself out there, rebrand yourself, all those people in your community that have known you for years as the construction guy to show in real life. You know, have this is what I would do if I was in your shoes. I would invite like all of my current investors who are local and all your friends and maybe have them invite other friends and do that at a restaurant or bar or something, rent a room, and then just give a, just an appreciation for investing in the deal. Yeah. And, and then maybe just give a talk or have even a couple of people just share some of their stories. Because when you hear from others, you hear from peers and like, wow, I put in $50,000 in this deal. I came back with a one and a half return on my investment in a couple of years. That speaks a lot. Like people are like, wait a second. I didn't even know you could do that. And I think that might actually be a, just came to my head right now, but I think it might be a great opportunity. 
Yeah, no, I know it would be. I'm in race master. I'm in, <laughs> I know, all, you know all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's grueling stuff that I gotta get into. That I'm just pushing. I'm keeping it at arms like as hard as I can. But yeah, it would definitely grow the business. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything that you're you're doing differently now that this year, or, or going into any new markets, or going into any new asset classes, or you're sticking the same? Yeah, no, I tell you, I'm wrong by scope of sponsors. I was really keeping that close with just a couple of people. And as I've gotten to know other sponsors, and I don't invest in the first deal after I meet them. I've known the couple of guys that we're bringing capital into now for a couple of years. And they're watching their deals, watching their all their emails and stuff. I sign up for their emails and make sure I'm getting them. So yeah, I have, I branched out and we just did a, a deal in Des Moines, Iowa, where we brought some capital to. And that was like pulling teeth with my investors because the majority of my investors are here in Charleston and they were like, Des Moines home? They were like, <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's in Iowa. And it's, it returned, it, it penciled out, it looked good. As a matter of fact, I think Madison's doing the call tag on that uh, as well. It's pretty good guess across the board. Any uh... So, yes, we are branching out. And the, the next one that we're going to be putting out actually this afternoon is in Houston, Texas. So all of our stuff has really been in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, in there. In our tight little group of Southern, Southeastern people. But yeah, it's, we're starting to stretch out. That way we can show people that they can invest outside of their backyard and still make good returns. Absolutely. There, it, again, it has a lot to do more with the sponsors themselves than anything else, because deals are deals, especially in this market, this day and age, it's very hard to find deals and good deals. But if you find the people that have the deals, that's a place to go. Yeah, we bet on the job. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Charlie, I want to transition now to what we call the final four. These are four questions I ask all my guests. First question, what's the worst job that you ever had? The worst job I ever had was I was trying to sell hot tubs and pools in high school. And the guy was trying to make me business cards. And my name is Charles Wessel. Uh, I go by Charlie. But his name was Charles. And he asked me, he said, so what name do you want on your business cards? I was like, Charlie, he was like, no, already taken. You got to come on with this. I was like, what? I was like, you know, not coming up with this different name. Maybe, uh, no, we got a big argument and I just quit. I quit right. I less than a day. I actually, it was two days. I lasted two days. That's so that funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. What? I don't get that. Is there someone so stubborn you can't <laughs> What? He was yeah, like, hey, earlier, Charles, because that's funny. He said, so what do you want us to, what do you want us to call it? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm like 17 years old. I have no idea. <laughs> that's a funny story. Okay. Second question. What's a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Okay. This is going to sound almost cliche-ish because I am a rings master, but it really didn't change the way I think about what I do day to day. And that's the who, not how look. He sends it out to everybody in with the package that you get for rings masters. But it really did make me take inventory of what I do day to day and what 
I can pass off in that and yeah. really focus on things that are impactful. Yeah, and everyone has skill sets and everyone has the things that they're best at. And it makes it just makes sense. And we've had that book obviously come up. It's not cliche per se, but it is definitely a very popular book and for good reason, because it's changed a lot of people's lives and, and changed the way they grow and grow our businesses. So yeah. great book. We'll definitely put that on the list and down in the show notes. So fourth, yeah, we've had that come up again, but I don't know which one has been, I think Who Not How has been actually the past few months has been mentioned more times than any other book. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought reading small books. There you go. <laughs> What's well, a good sign if a book gets that much traction that uh, yeah. everyone's reading it? So third question, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? I would like to become better at woodworking. My brother does woodworking. Even though I was a general contractor, my brother's always just said every time I grab a tool in my hand, I whack out of the door. So I'd be in a you general contractor just means you can take a test. And I was pretty good at those two things. But as far as, uh, but my brother's always building stuff like hidden tables. And he, yeah, he'll make stuff for Christmas gifts. And I've just been so envious of that. I've been like, man, that is really cool. But he made us a big wine rack for, for Christmas. That's beautiful. That's great. It's a definitely an a incredible skill when you can be have a craft like that and especially use it in such a way that you can make gifts and... That's the job. He just does that as a release of a hobby. Exactly. Very Very cool. Awesome. Keep your fingers safe. That's all I can say. And fourth and final question, what does success mean to you? Success means for me having the time to be with my family. I do my best relations. It's Monday through Friday. And I tell everybody, if you want to go play golf, I'd love to go play golf with you. But I play golf Monday through Friday. And that's what I do. And it's from, I can play from 6 a.m. to about 5.30. And then I got to go home. And Saturday and Sunday, I'm daddy. I don't work baseball games, soccer games, outside throwing ball with the kids or doing what we're going to the park. We do a lot of stuff together. Me and my dad and my son usually play golf. We usually play nine holes on Sunday after church and after lunch. Yeah, I just, having the time to really do all that stuff during the week so that at night and on the weekends, I can be dad. That's nice. Yeah, and it doesn't take a ton of money to do it. Trust me, I did it before I had, when I was first starting this. Right. Absolutely. It has come and it's, it's been good, but it's it definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. It takes discipline also. You gotta, when you have this, you gotta set those times and make it a priority. That's really the main thing. Absolutely. Awesome, Charlie. Thanks so much. Uh, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? Cordell Capital at C-O-R-D-E-L-L.com. They can sign up for our newsletter on there or you'll find me on uh, LinkedIn or Facebook, Charlie Wessel. That's C-H-A-R-L-I-N-W-E-S-S-E-L. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you coming on the show. Great catching up and awesome to hear a little more about your story. And uh, I hope our listeners got a lot out of this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we were finally able to connect. For sure. And and you've been very thoughtful. And I just want to thank you for giving a shout out to the podcast many times on the social media. So if you if you are listening to this, you can do that too. If you like this episode, share it with your friends. And thanks again for listening to the end. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. 
Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I wanna ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I wanna hear from you guys. So I wanna hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.